This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. John Podesta is now backing the bid to overturn the electoral vote. Um, I have actually had so-called conservatives reach out to me and ask me to back this. I want to be really clear. I am 100% against this electoral college um, hostile takeover of the presidency. She lost... He won. It was fair and square. Yes, Russia did influence the election, but that's not why he won. They influenced the minds and the hearts of Americans, but she lost because she was corrupt. She lost because she was one of the worst candidates of all time. You could even make the case, if it wasn't for the FBI letter, she would have won. But not because of Russia. And it was because of the things she did. America made the choice. I don't have to like it. You don't have to like it. But it is up to us to accept that he is the president of the United States. And this electoral college nonsense, I believe, would send us into, uh, into a country of serious division much more than we already are. And uh, a a country that, you know, we don't need more uprisings. That's one thing we don't need. We start there and my trip to a school my son wants to go to, an IB school. I had never heard of an IB school, an international baccalaureate school. Oh, my we went on a tour of it yesterday. I had some interesting conversations. We begin there right now. I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. I will hold your hand. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. So we have been homeschooling uh, Rafe in Cheyenne. And uh, Tanya is a principal of a school, a school that Pat started. And um, the problem with it is, is, you know, it's, it's so expensive to do schools. And especially where the t- tuition is extremely low, um, you know, for a private school, 
in this area, I, I have friends who go to good private schools, but not like crazy good private schools. And, you know, they're $16,000 a year. Yeah. Um, prices almost everybody out of the market. Yeah, prices everybody out except the very rich. And this school that Pat started also takes and, okay, well, I tell you what, you guys serve and you guys, you know, work on the lawn and uh, maybe do some painting around the school and uh, your kids can go. Well, by the time that happens, you don't have, you don't, you don't have anybody really paying for this. By the time that happens, you're losing a lot of money and somebody's got to make up for that. <laughs> so, yeah. So after names? five years of that, you think of any names of who might, of who might like you know make up for it? Uh, I can't think of one, I um, <laughs> but I will tell you that uh, it is it's crushing us to close the school. It's just crushing us because yeah. the parents are really bummed. Oh my gosh! And especially after this Christmas play that we had, that I mean, we have this Fourth of July play that they do every year called The Spirit of America that I want to produce nationally. I want to produce this with children nationally. It's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Where, And it'll bring you to tears every time because it's little, little kids memorizing lines that the founders said and telling the story of how we got to be the country that we are. And it's, I mean, every... Every single 4th of July or, you know, end of school for the last five years, the kids have done this play. And it's just, I mean, you'll cry. It, it, there's not a dry eye in the house because it feels like there's hope. Our children are learning who we really are, all based in the facts. There's no, it's not somebody who wrote this play. It's somebody who assembled all of the quotes and made it into a story, and it's fantastic. Um, and then we just did a Christmas play where it was, there, there, there was no talk of, it was a comedy, but there was no talk of, you know, Frosty the Snowman or Winter or anything else. And our kids, we've seen our kids fundamentally change. My kids are better kids because of the school. And as as somebody who has been lucky enough to send my older kids off to a public school and then to a Catholic school and then to a Catholic university, I have seen what even the best intention schools can do to your kids. <laughs> and, um, and so now that we're closing this, we have to find schools. And so there's about six different schools on the list, but I happen to live in a town, a very small town, where our taxes would make blood shoot out of your eyes. Literally, I could buy a very nice house every year just on my property taxes. Because, you know, you don't pay any other taxes in Texas. Yeah, I know. So there's no reason to make me hemorrhage on my property tax. But they do, and they pay for this school um, which is an IB school. I don't know anything about IB schools. Mm, I do now. Um, this is one of the better schools, they say, in the country. And so Tanya and I were talking about it because all of our friends are like, you live there and you don't put your kid in that? Do you realize there's a waiting list of thousands of children for 30 slots a year? Uh-huh. 
yeah, I don't really care. And you send your kids to a broken down building? Yeah. They have to struggle in a broken down building. They don't have a palace to go to. Um, And so I went yesterday knowing that it was an international school. And I have a lot of respect for the school and the, um, the kids because I know several of the kids. And they are wicked, wicked smart. And they work hard. I mean, all the way there, I was telling Rafe, and then all the way home, I just want you to know, Rafe, if this is a school you want to go to, your childhood is over. Because... Pressure will be unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I don't, I don't agree with all of that. Um, but it is, it is, you know, it is the high... They have to do, in seventh grade, he has to do, I think, 75 hours of community service during the school year. Just as extra. Um, their homework. I went into their, and this was nice, I went into their seventh grade, sixth grade classes, and they were teaching the Constitution, they were teaching um, the Articles of Confederation and all of that, and I'm looking up at the board, and there are philosophical questions on the board for sixth and seventh graders that I thought, I don't think I got that in twelfth grade. And really, really deep, tough stuff. I was also encouraged that there was a class that was learning about values and principles. And up on one of the kids, one of the sixth graders, made a big chart of values and principles. And it was the 912 project. And it was a deal about how the, you know, the 912 project was instilling all of this. And I'm like, they put this up for me. They knew yep. I was coming. <clears throat> so we're walking out because there's also a lot of things about internationalism and globalism and uh, um, uh, renewable energy. Like I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this thing about renewable energy and it was the pros and cons and it was done by like a sixth grader. And all these pros, there's tons of pros. And the con was only one. It was, it's super expensive. (laughs) And I looked at Rafe and I went, okay, they're learning deep stuff philosophical stuff about the Constitution. And only one con on ethanol? Really? (laughs) I said, can you think of anything? Like, I don't know, burning up your food supply? How about that one? Um, So we started talking about it, and and I pass a poster, which are all over the school, and it's concentric rings, and it starts, you know, in the center with you, and who you are, and then all the things that you're going to become. And the last ring is their goal as a school. And the last ring, when you graduate, their goal is to make sure that you are a good international citizen. Oh, great. That's great. Blood shooting out of my eyes. So we're walking to the next building, and the lady who's giving the tour, I... um, I said, so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't mean to be a jerk, and I really didn't. Um, but you can't help yourself. I can't help myself. I am a jerk mm-hmm. in these six situations. And I said, I, I, I don't mean to be a jerk. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, I am, uh, I, I, I am, I am I'm frank. She said, okay. And I said, I don't buy into all this international bull crap. and she kind of looks at me like um we're an international baccalaureate school 
And I said, what, are, what exactly are you teaching here? I mean, I'm sorry, but I don't buy into the United Nations. Yes, we should have a place where we all get together and we all talk, but not something that, over, that super serves each nation. Each nation has its own um, thoughts and its own place. That's what we're teaching. We're all different and we all have things that we should admire. Uh-huh. Are you teaching borderless society? What? What, what? I don't. A borderless society. <laughs> really? You work, at the, uh, you work at this school. We're having a hard time noodling the borderless society. She was very nice. I don't mean to sound that she wasn't. She was very nice. And I just don't know if she's encountered a me before. <laughs> yeah. and, the worst um, nightmare of every teacher. Yeah. And I said, uh, she said, what, 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 you know, what, uh, no, I think we probably would agree on an awful lot. They said, uh-huh. um, can I talk? Can I see a syllabus? Can I get a, can I get a copy of everything that you're, well, are you, do you live here or are you? And I said, oh no, I'm a resident. Because everybody else has to stand in line. But if you're a resident and you're paying for this frickin' school, you are guaranteed a slot. And I could see her die a little <laughs> inside <laughs> when I said that. And I said, no, I'm a resident. She said, uh, oh, good. Okay. Well, then, yeah. And I said, and I'd like to talk to the teachers. Can I set up a time to talk to all the teachers? I'm sure we could, yeah, we could do it. And I said, I, I'm particularly with the history teachers. I'd like to really talk to the history teachers. I, I, uh, I have a problem with revisionist history, especially with American history. And she said, oh, well, America, I know what you're saying. And she said, and American history is very hard because people get very touchy. She said, but we have the advantage here of we have hired a foreigner to teach American history. Oh, my gosh. Because then they don't get bogged down in all of the, you know, left, right, Republican, Democrats. Right. I said. Oh, they look at it from the international. <laughs> from the way inter- better. That's so <laughs> much better. Or even look at it from an American point of view. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> so much better. Oh, yeah. So here I am sitting. I know this is a school that... Uh, this is a school that, um, uh, you know, you send your, she said, you know, Jeez. my daughter, she said, my daughter just graduated. And she said, you know, she's a good student, but, you know, this is the way it is. She said um, she went to college. She, this is her freshman year. She's coming home. She'll be returning to college as a sophomore. She's skipping a year. And she said, it's just because we, you're doing college you know, by uh, by eleventh grade, and they explained eleventh grade. It's like literally your childhood is over, and it is you're going to college in eleventh at eleventh grade, and I don't have a problem with that, uh, and I'm so I'm really torn because it is a it's free, b it is uh, well free kind of well no it's kind of included in your I could move but my wife refuses to. Um, and so uh, it's, we're already paying for it, mm-hmm. and uh, it's really good, but I, every spider sense oh, in yeah, me is just alarm bells, and of course, Common Core and all of the other, oof. Are they Common Core? 
Uh, I think they're the- Common Core compliant. I think actually, oh. I think the IB schools are Common Core on steroids. Maybe I think we they were Common Core to- before Common Core I mean, was. It common. sounds like the school could be really rigid. No, they're no, they're not very rigid. They're very open-minded. Really, they're very into risk taking. No, but the answers the answers are yes. They may not be rigid, but they are rigorous, right? Those standards are rigorous. One of the things is is that they take risks, and your answers are not, uh, you know, wrong answers. Yes, of course they'll be wrong, but let's investigate on how you came up with that because it shows a different kind of thinking. (laughs) Yeah, wrong thinking. Uh Wrong thinking. I just want to. I may not be the most, if, if he decides that that's where he goes and we decide that we're going to back him on that one, then uh, I will be a spirited member of the PTA. It's going to be fun if that's what happens. And now this, something about this time of the year that reminds you about what's really important in life, and it's family. That's, that's what it's all about, family. Simply Safe Home Security is how I protect my family. Simply Safe Home Security. For a limited time, you'll get $200 off Simply Safe's Defender Package. Think about, Pat, how much money did you pay for your security at your home when you were paying, what, $50 a month? Yeah, I think it had gone up to $60 a month. $60 a month. So do the math. How many years did you pay? How much money did you invest in that super, super great Probably in the low thousands. The low thousands. Mm-hmm. Everybody does that. And you just expect it because, well, it's all the equipment. The Defender package is state-of-the-art. 17 security sensors, panic buttons, siren, wireless connection to authorities, 24-7 monitoring, which is $14.95 a month, less than $15. Simply Safe has no long-term contract. Right now, you can get $200 off their Defender package, which includes all of that, you're paying a total of $399, $399. That's it. Why pay thousands? Why be locked into it? Why have uh, uh, wired technology? This is something you can put in your kid's dorm room. This is the best. Simply Safe. Go there now. SimplySafeBeck.com. Offer ends very soon. $200 off their Defender package. Check it out for yourself. Do what we've done. Go with simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. to the Glenn Beck Program. I want to continue our conversation uh, on our schools with our kids, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, but I have to just ask Jeffy, what the hell is he doing? You've, you've got a sweater draped over you. And I appreciate I appreciate the gift. I, yeah, give him a sweater with these dingleberries on them. If you're not watching, uh, if you're just listening on radio, it's ugly sweater. Um, ugly Christmas sweater day. These are not ugly sweaters. These are not ugly sweaters. You have this is a an ugly sweater. It is not an ugly sweater. Stand up and show that. That is a Christmas sloth. Oh, no. I that I, is a Christmas I sloth. That is stick. fantastic. Sloth is an attractive sweater. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Right? Isn't that a great sweater too? I think it's very nice. Yeah, it's a, a Christmas. Stu's is reasonable. But this <laughs> is ridiculous. Stu's looks like a, a Jeffy's. Sport is, this is come on I mean, now. Come on now. Yeah, this is this is not a sloth, but it's really you uh, have fuzzy nipples all over. I have Christmas fuzzy nipples tree. all over my sweater, yeah. which, by the way, aren't bad to you know touch touch. But it's a sweater. I'm gonna sweat. Those like, are Christmas balls and like jingle bells. So no, these things are gonna be soaked in like ten minutes if I put this. Yeah, that's really nasty. Oh, we yeah, don't need nasty. to hear that. Put it off. Take it off, please. Take it off. He's and just laying it on. Are him. you saying mine is an ugly sweater? Uh, right. Mine is not an ugly sweater. <laughs> no, yours okay. is very nice. Okay. Why are you laughing, Pat? I'm not laughing. Yes, you just laughed. No. We all heard you. America no, heard I you. I coughed. It's a sneeze. Coughed. I thought. Yeah. I was gonna go sneeze. The cough sneeze. There is the only reason why you don't like my sweater is because you are a racist. Why you probably Santa believe that Santa wasn't even born here. That's that's he wasn't born here. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. We now know who you are. Okay. Back in just a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Jason, um, my chief researcher uh, and writer, um, just got back from um, Mosul and was in Iraq and was right around ISIS. And um, it was a controversial trip, and we'll talk about that um, soon. He just got off the plane and just got back. He was supposed to be back Monday, um, but he just got back and... um, we're going to have him talk just a little bit about his uh, trip and what he did see. Um, but he just brought this back. Uh, this is a, a Bible in one of the churches that had been desecrated by ISIS. This is a Bible, and you will see it has a bullet hole here. And there's the exit point. This was up on the altar, and they were using Bibles as target practice in the church. Um, and brought things like this is obviously from rosary, a rosary, and it was uh, broken and stomped on and on the ground in this church. Um, it is it's a remarkable thing to see what's happening in the Middle East. 
both good and bad. Uh, and where, where we go from here uh, with what's happening with Russia is pretty phenomenal. Tillerson, I don't know how um, Tillerson is, is going to do. I'm anxious to see his confirmation hearing. Um, I mean, now the guy is, I think, qualified. Um, people are, you know, questioning whether or not he's qualified. I, I, I think the kind of international deals that he did, he would be able to understand treaties and complex issues pretty quickly. And he does have a relationship with people all over the country. I am concerned um, that um, we're putting a guy in charge who... uh, You know, our country is already blamed for war for oil. And it makes me concerned that we are putting somebody into the... Uh, State Department that that's been his whole life is oil and especially when it comes to his really close relationship with Vladimir Putin Russia is not a friend and that doesn't mean that they're enemies although I do believe a man who said the biggest tragedy of the 20th century and one that needs to be uh, corrected was the demise of the Soviet Union. I I don't think that that is something that we look on as friendly and say it's part of our value system. It's not. And where you have to go from there is you have to go to, well, but he's, you know, he's the guy who runs his own country and he has a right to do whatever he wants to do. Yes, he does. And I don't want to be the world's policeman. And I don't want to get back into another Cold War or anything else. But we have to be clear on what the difference is between good and evil. And I feel we are losing our grasp on good and evil. And there is a difference. And if we're not... You know, we were talking a second ago about this international baccalaureate school that um, Rafe is trying to convince me to let him go to. And um, I'm, I'm not for it. Tanya is, I think, I think not for it, but we're both in our fact-gathering stage. We do nothing about this school. Just looking into it scares me. Um, and I'm, uh, it has all of the wrong buzzwords. And if you look at their mission statement, and these, these schools are all over the country, and you look at the mission statement, how can you argue with this unless you know who progressives are? Do you have their mission statement up, Stu, by any chance? Uh, yes. Pull this mission statement up. International Baccalaureate uh, aims to develop inquir- inquir- inquiring, knowledgeable, and caring young people. Hey, stop. Who doesn't want a caring and inquiring child? Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. Who help create a better and more peaceful world? Who doesn't want a child that wants to create a more peaceful and better world? Through intercultural understanding and respect. Through inter- international intercultural. intercultural 
understanding and respect. Now, 100% of me wants to be able to understand other cultures and respect them. Uh, there's 100%. There's not a piece in me that doesn't want to do that. It's and as I explained to this lady yesterday, I said, look, um, you know, uh, I lived in New York City, and there's a reason we moved away from New York City and moved to Texas, and I like the Texas attitude. But the Texas attitude is not bigotry against other things. It's just not. It's just we're special. There's something special here about Texas. It's why we lead the, the country now in jobs and recovery and why everybody's moving here. There's something special that is happening here, and it's called freedom. And I, I bring my kids. I mean, it's why I wanted to bring Rafe to Haiti this weekend, and, and Tanya didn't want that because it's, it's very dangerous. And she's like, I'm not bringing Rafe to Haiti at this dangerous time. I wanted one of the kids to come with me to Iraq. No, it's too dangerous. Okay, well, I want them to see different cultures and not from a fancy hotel or tour bus. I want them to see how bad life can be and I want them to see and we can help. There's a big difference between our understanding of what that mission statement means. And the problem is, you want to believe the best. But what that usually means is, and I've seen it, because quite honestly, Fordham University almost turned my daughter, well, did for a while. She wouldn't even talk to me on things. Um, Almost turned my daughter against me. Excuse me? Um, Luckily, you didn't pay any money for that to happen. I actually didn't. Oh, good. She was on full scholarship. Oh, good. But they did have the balls to come and ask me for, uh, (laughs) you know, a, you know, we could build a building after you. Uh, Really? How about a crap house? Can we can we have the toilets named and I'll I'll dedicate it to your uh, philosophy on teaching my children that the Bible is just a book? A Catholic school that says the Bible is just, you know, there's lots of ways to read the Bible and it's not necessarily accurate. Oh, okay. All right. Didn't expect that from my <laughs> theology teacher, but thank you for that. Um, you know, and so you get in and, and you know, your children, and, and everybody knows this. If you're going to a school now, I'm lucky enough to be able to homeschool and then have you know, the school that we've built with Pat. And, you know, when, you, when you're lucky enough to have that, you kind of forget. Your kids change when they go to school. They change. And, you know, Samantha B was here. And she said, um, I, she said, I think the way to bringing us back together and not necessarily on, on um, policies, but allowing us to talk to one another and not hate one another is through service. And I said, I agree 100%. It's why we've done you know, what we've done. I said, what are you into? And she said, well, I really I feel for these, these refugees and I feel for the people in Iraq and Syria. And I said, we do too. I said, that's why this audience raised... 
almost $12 million, and we have relocated 4,000 refugees. She said, what? And I said, yeah, we've relocated 4,000 refugees. She couldn't believe that. We, here's two people that disagree on, on a lot of stuff. But we agree on doing good. I just don't agree that the United Nations is the way to do good. And quite honestly, you remember that hallway talk I had with George Clooney? When I, I begged him to get together. This was before, you know, Glenn Beck was the most hated man in America. And I said, um, I said, uh, George, we, we agree on, um, on genocide. You know, he was a big genocide in Rwanda guy. Darfur. Or Darfur, Darfur. And I said, my daughter is leading the, you know, Darfur club at her school. And um, it was like a fun club. Yeah, no, it was. And uh, I said, so, you know, this isn't a, a liberal issue. This is, this is a human issue. And if we can bring people together to see, and, you know, even if you believe in the United Nations is the way to do it, and I don't, it doesn't matter. We're both moving towards the same goal. And he said, and it's been a long time, so I don't want to misquote him, but basically... He was realizing, kind of like Bono was, that the United Nations isn't the way to go. Well, we're not going to have a way to replace the United Nations. We're not going to be able to go anywhere if we're not talking to the people on the left as they discover those things and say, right, we, we never have... But if it would have worked, it would have been great. And I appreciate you're still reaching out to them, and that's great. But look at what we're accomplishing over here. And when they see that we're accomplishing all of the goals that they actually want to be doing, who's going to say no? Who's going to say no? The, the problem is, is who's duping who? Or who's zooming who? Right. Um, which was a, a cl- better, better question. Really. It really was. And, really the you know, better question. And who let the dogs out? Right. That's another, <laughs> another important one. So right. was there more to the mission statement? Was, weren't there more buzzwords? Yeah, the end of it is these programs can encourage students across the world to become active, compassionate, and lifelong learners who understand that people with their differences can also be right. And you know what all that means. I mean, obviously, all that you agree with, and it's straight yeah. text, absolutely. Yes. But you know, it means you know, it means something other than what they're actually. Well, wait, what, what is the last line about how they know that how people with differences are also right? Yeah, who understand that other people with their differences can also be right. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> no, but see, but right, and that's true. Uh huh. If you're leaving, if you're living in an if you're living in a reasonable world. Right. It, does that scream moral relativism? To yes, yes, it does. Absolutely. It does. I'm it sorry, but Vladimir Putin is not right. When, when Donald Trump says, hey, he's right in his culture, that's what he has to do. No, kill the press? No, he's not right. <laughs> Scoop up homosexuals and take away their driver's license? No, no he's not right. Um, you know, this is the problem. If we... and And... And they, oh, well, you're always taking it to extremes. 
because we live in a world of extremes where all of a sudden we're being asked to, asked to accept the extremes. I'm sorry, I don't. Right is right, wrong is wrong, and I'm not going to stand by somebody who's killing members of the press. They're not right. Now this. Identity theft is America's fastest growing crime. Officials are warning that the risk is higher in the holiday season. That's why I have LifeLock. If you're a LifeLock member, you become a victim of identity theft. Their U.S.-based team will work to resolve your case. Free credit monitoring only detects credit problems, but LifeLock detects and fixes the identity problems. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft, monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock is the best identity theft protection available. And right now, you can get a 15% discount. LifeLock.com, or you can call 1-800-440-4936. Use the promo code BECK15, and you'll get 15% off of the membership that protects me and my family. It's BECK15, save 15%. Offer ends December 31st, 1-800-440-4936. 1-800-440-4936. Promo code BECK15. Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. Mercury. I want to I want to share something from Calvin Coolidge um, talking about you know we were talking about all getting together in internationalism and everything else. He rejected the Klan's motto in 1925 of America first from the Ku Klux Klan. He said, "quote The generally expressed desire of America first cannot be criticized. It's a perfectly correct aspiration for our people to cherish." But the problem we have, we have to solve how to make America's first. Um, It can't be done by the cultivation of national bigotry, arrogance, or selfishness. Hatred, jealousies, and suspicions will not be productive of any benefits in this direction. Here again, we must apply the rule of toleration. By toleration, I don't mean an indifference to evil. I mean respect for different kinds of good. That is one of the most important lines I've ever, I've ever heard on how to tolerate. Again, I don't mean indifference to evil. I mean a respect for different kinds of good. Whether one traces his Americanism back three centuries to the Mayflower or three years to steerage is not half as important as whether his Americanism is real and genuine. No matter by what various crafts we came here, we're now all in the same boat. That is Calvin Coolidge and why I believe he was probably the best president of the 20th century. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We just have one of our researchers and head writers returning from the Middle East looking for a story. Did he find it or not? The the coming together of the Sunni, the Shia, uh, the Yazidi, and the Christians to fight ISIS. Jason Batrill has uh, returned and joins us right now. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to start with a little bit of controversy that happened mainly in the media, but also the uh, the right of the country uh, was fed fake news and uh, about me and um, said that I fired a guy on my staff for shooting at ISIS. Uh, as evidence, I have not fired the guy because he is sitting uh, right here, Jason Batrill, who is our um, chief researcher and uh, our writer for many of the programs did the route um, and uh, goes out into the field and tries to find the things that the others are missing. Um, and I want to start with just 60 seconds on the controversy. Yeah. You went over and you were on your own. You were not with the journalist at the time, right? Right. And what happened? Um, yeah, so we were we were out on our own. Uh, we were chasing that story that you were talking about. We were having a considerable hard time getting it because the Iraqi army is now in control of uh, the final uh, like checkpoint lines to actually get into Mosul. So we were having a lot of problems. But um, I was uh, out searching for another story about the tunnels that we talked about, mm-hmm. and uh, there did come a time when you know ISIS was uh, was in the distance. And uh, I did take some shots uh, at, at ISIS. I, um, I, I didn't think about how the perception was in making it public and what it looked like. Um, and that as I'm a part of a media organization. And, you know, there are journalists all over the country that are, that are showing or that are you know, doing great work, especially in combat zones. And I didn't think about what that does to them all over the world. Right. It puts them in danger. I'm not a combatant, and I shouldn't have engaged in and it. And you're not a journalist. Not a journalist. But you were... At, the appearance. The appearance was that you were a journalist, and that's what ISIS says, is that ISIS, you know, will say, I can shoot a journalist because they're, you know, they're really combatants under, you know, disguised. Yeah. And that's not true. You're not a journalist. I didn't send you over as a journalist. You're a researcher. But you shouldn't have done that. And you... I can, I've known you for a long, long time. You've had the snot kicked out of you uh, from this, and this yeah. has deeply affected you. Yeah. Um, learned your lesson? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if you can be trained to, to handle something like this. I re, like I said, my mind was just going crazy after this, and I, I, I more felt bad for, um, 
you know, when I, when I was reading everything, I felt bad. I did feel bad for journalists all over the world covering, you know, these types of stories. Because, like, oh, man, I, 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 I was worried about what I did to them. But I was worried about what I did to the organization. And the organization has been great. Um, I, like I said, I, I was not fired. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's behind me. I, I'm, I'm definitely moving forward. I'm a better person now because of it. Good. Thank you. Can you tell me now what you saw? Yeah. Um, First of all, are, isn't this... Because I wore one of those scarves once, and I was told I'm now part of the Palestinian Liberation Organization. <laughs> You're wearing a, a scarf, and I like them. Uh, Pat would call it an ascot, but I like them. But I've no, worn it once on television, and everyone said... Oh, really? It's You're for Lebanon. It's only an ascot when you wear it the way you do. He's not wearing it as if it That's were an That's correct. Ascot. Yeah, he looks cool in it. You look yeah. really ridiculous. <laughs> He's wearing, He's wearing it, it wrong. wrong. I think, He's wearing it wrong. I think it depends on the, uh, the designs and everything, but this is actually a Kurdish um, scarf, and they use it to put around their heads to, you know, to keep the, the, the wind and sand out. But yeah, this is Kurdish, and, and it's crazy cool. I kind of like it. I like it too. <laughs> okay, so um, what did you find? Um, we found, I, I was chasing that story when we kept getting stonewalled and, and, and it was getting harder and harder. In fact, the, the, the Iraqi military is making it very, very difficult for um, even the UN. When I was getting denied to go into the middle of Mosul, the UN was also getting denied for moving in there. They are, very, they are keeping it very tight under the lid as far as how much uh, casualties that they're taking and as far as their defeats and losses. They're, they're not letting any of that get out. Um, the day Which I was usually means that it's quite it's not heavy. Going well, right? Well, that day there was they they shut us down, and thirty to forty ambulances went speeding out of the front line area. They took a massive hit. That was the same day that we bombed that hospital. Um, I don't know if you read about a few days ago because they were trying to take the hospital, which was a command center um, that ISIS was uh, using, and uh, they couldn't take it, so we had to bomb it. But yeah, it's it's it's. I would say it's a very mixed bag now as far as how the operation is actually going. I heard um, ISIS is moving back into. They just moved back into Palmyra. They just retook yeah. Palmyra. Yeah, it shows you exactly what you know Assad and and Putin want out of uh, Syria. It's not to destroy ISIS or to fight ISIS. What they say they're they're there to once and for all defeat all the people. All the pro- all, what started as a protest during the Arab Spring. They're there to defeat all those people. Not, ISIS has nothing to do with it. It's ridiculous. What do you think about Tillerson? You had a long 30-hour flight back home. <laughs> and I know you and I have done a lot of homework on Russia, on Putin. We both are very clear, um, based on evidence and facts, on who he is, what he is, what he really truly believes. Mm-hmm. Um, not a good guy. Here's Tillerson, first of all, Donald Trump, saying that 17 agencies, and I think the agencies can be wrong. I mean, they have been wrong in the past. Um, So I I don't want somebody just to take, well, the CIA said this is true, so it's true. Well, no, let's reason. But we have 17 agencies all saying the same thing. We have Russia, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Russia confirm in in research that we have done? Haven't they said that they have their own, you know, um, uh, disinformation farms? <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, so it's not a surprise. This is the one conspiracy theory that Alex Jones just can't buy into. You know, chemicals that the government is using making frogs gay, he's all into. But this one, there's no way it can be true. 
What do you think about the denial and also Tillerson? I think Tillerson, I, I, I'm trying to give Trump the benefit of the doubt here. Now, it, it, he's, he's not doing, he's not naming these people and he's not pro-Russia on certain stances because he wants to enable Russia to, you know, be, you know, to, to take us over or whatever. I do think that uh, he's setting people up and, and, and setting a path forward to make a friendship actually possible. That's what I think. Now, it could be to our detriment, but I mean, there are, as I look back at foreign policy mistakes that we've made in the past, especially with Russia, I mean, we've made s- severe mistakes going back to Clinton since, you know, the Yugoslav wars where we completely cut them out. We pressed for NATO to go forward, and that further backed them into a corner. Um, the sanctions were warranted, but um, that was a, a lot of that was, you know, because uh, Bush was going for a uh, anti-ballistic missile shield in, uh, in Eastern Europe. So there's a lot of things that have pushed Russia into a corner and have made them an enemy. Now, if his strategy and coming up with people that understand Russia and there's, you know, and I hate, I, I personally, I don't want a secretary of state that has been labeled and given a medal for being a friend of any country. Uh, I don't like that. But if he's setting it up to where he's saying, look, we're, we're going to make some concessions, but we're looking for concessions to you. Like, w- w- how about get, get, get out of the propaganda campaign in Europe? Stop funding some of these far-right movements throughout the world. He won't even admit that there is anything like that going on. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, if you don't, if you won't say, you want to take a stand, say, look, let's look into that. Let's look into that. Um, and, and have somebody else make the case and then be the broker of the deal saying, look, I've got 17 agencies over here that say it's true. I want to believe you. Why don't we just do something where it's trust and verify? Get out of that business. Yeah. You say you're not, but we know you are over in Europe. So get out of that business. What's the scariest to me about it is I can see if he's just not saying anything publicly about it and not, you know, basically kind of not confirming that that's that Putin's meddling in elections all over the world. I can see him not coming out that publicly. But what it sounds like is that he's just denying or dismissing actual intelligence reports just yes. because it's not. You know, it's not convenient for him at the time. That's extremely dangerous. But I just don't think, I, I just refuse to believe he's that stupid. I, 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 there's got to be more going on than, than what we think. But I, there's so many ways that he can come out and, and be fine with this. He just refuses to do this diplomatically. He, he could just say, look, yes, they were, they were involved. Now, I don't support that. I, I shouldn't have said, give me the 30,000 emails. You know, I, I don't support that. But we also can't turn a blind eye to the, these are facts that they brought up about Hillary Clinton. The, the, yes, they, got, they were involved in exposing them through WikiLeaks, but you know, we can't turn a blind eye to the actual facts. Mm-hmm. They revealed the truth, but they shouldn't have done it. You can easily just say that and, and be done with it. What, what happens to Russia with Syria? What's going to happen with Syria now? Oh, it's a mess. I, I don't think that it'll ever be what it, what it ever was. Um, you have a significant Kurdish problem in the north. It's a problem for, for Assad. They're not going anywhere. That, that's, that's probably the next fight. Um, they'll probably turn towards the Kurds before they turn towards ISIS. I mean, just them go after the Kurds. The Kurds, are, the Kurds are the best in the Middle East next to Israel. The Kurds get it. Yeah. The Kurds are our friends, and we will abandon them yet again. Yeah. Well, I, there's, a, there's, a, there's a weird... Uh, the, 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 the two stepbrothers, the Kurds in Syria and the Kurds in Iraq, are a little bit different. They even speak a different language. Mm. Um, they, there's a problem with they're connected to the terrorist group in Turkey, the ones in Syria. 
um, which will significantly hurt how we operate with them in the future. Right now we are operating with them, but that's going to be a huge mess with Turkey going forward. But I, I fully expect Assad to turn on the Kurds next, which means we have operators fighting along with the Kurds, some of our own. That's going to be a huge deal. I mean, we're going to have Russian planes bombing those guys while our guys are standing right next to them. I haven't heard any. I haven't even heard them address that fact right now. But that's going to be a significant problem. But I still would not be surprised if ISIS morphs into something else later on. It becomes some other Islamic Republic right there in the middle of Syria. But you could see three separate countries right now in Syria. Um, last thing, you brought home a Bible um, that was being used by ISIS as target practice. This, one of the main stories that you're going to see come from my trip is um, the urban warfare now on the outskirts of Mosul. It, this, this Bible was used as target practice on the inside. Um, this hadn't even been swept for TNT or IEDs yet. So we literally had to follow a guy in. He said we were crazy, but we had to step where he was stepping as he was going through this church. There were still wires, IED wires, that were still attached to TNT as we were walking through this. No other, no other media organization has, has walked through that. No other foreigner has walked through that church. But now that Bible is from that church. Um, I was blown away. Like, ISIS does not exist above, up in the sunlight. They don't walk around through, uh, through the streets. They go in tunnels. They go from house to house to house to house. They just travel through tunnels, and that's how they are in ISIS right now. But we're going to show you all those tunnels where you actually walked through those tunnels. When is that? Is that after the first of the year? Yes. Jason, I appreciate it, and I'm sorry that the trip was so... I mean, you shot yourself in the foot, so to speak, you yeah. know. Um, but I'm glad that you learned, and I'm glad that um, you're back, and we pray that um, the... We pray for the safety, as you know, because you... You guarded my family for several years, and you know my family prays for um, all the soldiers and press and everybody who is in harm's way every night, and we continue to do that. And good to have you back. Thanks. Thank you very much. All right. Um, Our sponsor this half hour is Sherry's Berries. Please tell me the box. Yes, we have products. tell me that. Sherry's Berries. Please tell me there's there's something in They said... They sent oh, yeah. another box. Hey, hey, hey. Give me, give me, give me. You get them last if you get them at all. Oh, yeah, so if you get them at all. If you get them yeah. at all. That gimme, gimme, gimme <laughs> crap has got to end. Right? Right. Stu. Thank you. Go ahead. Oh, Which one do you want? I'm going to go. one. Okay, so there's oh. dark chocolate, there's milk chocolate, oh, the man. strawberries. I want one of these, too. No. Mm. Wow. They are horrible. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Oh, man. Wait, but there's, mm. there's not going to be any left. You keep giving them to everyone. You notice that they took the top off? Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. When did they do that? I don't know, but I love it. You know how you have to eat the strawberries and you have to hold on to the uh-huh. to the top? You can now eat the whole thing. Those have been de-topped. Wait, you're not supposed well, to. Well, that's good. Top. Those are delicious. Juicy strawberries. Mm. So delicious. You get a box like this? How much? Are there enough to have two? Mm-hmm. All right, good. Oh, good, because I, I could have another one, too. I didn't get one. Yet. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll go milk chocolate this time. Yeah, milk chocolate's very good. Oh, man. Oh, man. There's only two left. Mm. <laughs> oh. Brad, you have one? Oh, I already have one. But... Would you like another? Yes. Uh-huh. That's the entire box. I oh. don't get any. Look. I've got one left. Who would like one? Here, right here. This one broke. <laughs> oh, here. Yeah. There you go. Jerry's <laughs> oh, Berries. Merry Christmas. Christmas. This is why you need two boxes. <laughs> What did I do to deserve that? Gimme, gimme, gimme. Mm-hmm. I was Where? excited about our sponsor. Right, and you still are. So why don't you tell us what you can get? 
Well, apparently a, an empty box if you order from Sherry's Berries. Maybe they'll send you the same empty box they sent me. <laughs> well, they sent you a full box. <laughs> but you were greedy. Mm-hmm. I was not greedy. I was... You learned your lesson. We taught you a valuable lesson, Stu. Now, there's two lessons. Don't say gimme, gimme, gimme. And you can double the order uh... for just how much more? How much more is it? $10 more? Next time you'll know. $10 more. You can get two boxes for $10 more. Or you can get that box for $19.99, and there's going to be somebody who has been left out. And many times for their own, for their own greediness. <clears throat> right now, $19.99, 30% savings, $10 more. Use my name, Glenn, as the... Uh, it would click on the microphone at the top of the right-hand corner. Type in Glenn, and then everyone... We'll have. Are we supposed to be sad for you? I Berries, B E R R I E S dot com. Berries dot com. Go there now. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. the one thing that we the one thing that we need to correct um i'm on with ted koppel um uh, i think on sunday for cbs sunday morning and they're talking about fake news and i know where they're going with fake news um but we all need to understand fake news is happening on everybody's side fake news happened to me where Breitbart said I was supporting Hillary Clinton, you know, and made a picture of me in front of her banners and everything else. Untrue. Fake news happened when they said I was paid $109,000 and they, and they made a bogus uh, payment uh, receipt. Um, but fake news also happens with things like Benghazi. Now, the media is in panic right now over the CIA and, uh, and Donald Trump, and they should be concerned. They should be concerned that he doesn't want to have his briefings. But they didn't seem to be concerned with Barack Obama not having his briefings. They didn't seem to have a problem when Barack Obama would say, I'm the smartest guy in the room. There's no difference between those two. They did, they did the same thing, different sides. Media has got to understand the only way we're ever going to be able to make progress is if the media can come to grips with what they've done over the last eight years. If they can't come to grips with the role they played in fake news, And that's not meaning that they intentionally wrote fake news. It just means people look at the fake news of Benghazi and see the press as complicit. They know that if George W. Bush or Ronald Reagan or anybody else would have done that with national security um, emails, 
it would have been the end of the world for that person. And they're still excusing Hillary Clinton on that. Is fake news also, you know, uh, Dan Rather presenting documents that yes. are faked? I mean, isn't that fake news? Yes. CBS is, has indulged in fake news. Yes. So they've got no high ground there. Fake anyway. news. Got no how, about, how about the uh, all the stuff that comes out of the New York Times where they later go, hey, fake news, Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone, yeah. The, the rapes on the campus. Katie Couric uh, editing the, the video of the gun supporters. Also makes it make fake, them, doesn't it? Right. I think that's fake, too. Andrea Mitchell, with remember her thing, where she was editing yes. and making people sound. I mean, Brian Williams. Brian Williams. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. I just can't get over. I gave Pat a very nice sweater. It's a Christmas sloth. And, um, I mean, who doesn't like the sloth in Ice Age, right? Right. Uh, well, I, 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 I don't. Uh, I don't okay. really like Ice Age. As a matter of fact, it's a global uh, warming propaganda movie. The first one was great, though. Oh, I love Ice Age. You yeah. don't like Ice Age? No, I'm tired of the propaganda nonsense. Oh, I just love John Leguizamo. He is so great. That's a weird reason to like Ice Age. Oh, he's hysterical. Yeah, he's uh, he's hysterical. It's a cartoon, right? Yeah. Okay. It's animated. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what Pat's complaint might be there. Might be. But it's just a complaint. And you, just heard, you just heard his voice. <laughs> didn't actually well, um, look, Pat is grumpy. And I think we all know that. I'm not grumpy. <laughs> Pat, I, I think I, I think I could make sloth. a. Why would you say he's grumpy? I, I gonna, think I, I'm wearing a, a Christmas sloth. Not happily. I gave you a beautiful sweater, and you're not happily wearing. I'm it. The only one still wearing a sweater that you gave us all. I, I'm wearing so one. Why are you complaining about me when these two have removed? Well, Stu, I don't know why he removed his, but I'm about to take his sweater back. Well, it was. Uh, I'll tell you why. We were in the middle of a serious segment with Jason Butrill about his, uh, you know, working against <laughs> the terrorists in, in, in uh, you know, the Middle East. And, and you I, didn't want to be seen. I looked up at the screen and I saw him with this really serious, like, heartfelt moment about people being murdered. And I saw myself in the stupid sweater in the same shot and I felt dumb. That's why I took it off. But I can well, put it back on now. don't now make you feel dumb. You make you feel dumb. A sweater could I just said I, I, it made me feel dumb. I felt and, dumb. And quite, and quite honestly, Pat has his racism is just nonstop. He is uh, he thinks this is a stupid sweater. And what is what is stupid about Santa 
uh, on a sweater. That is a good-looking Christmas sweater right there. It's very nice. I didn't say anything about race. No, it actually you said are anything. the one you keep who once up. called yeah. the president a racist. Um, <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh my god, I love that. Oh, <laughs> you, Jeffy, oh, you're going. God. You're going to dogpile. Just uh, <laughs> start bringing that up. How uh, how you used to bring up the his mother. Uh, with, with, that should just be the new thing yeah. we just tortured. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. You're not torturing me on it. You're really not torturing me. Uh, but uh, this is a, uh, this is the black, this is a black Santa. And, uh, you know, I, I know that Pat wants to believe that Santa was blue-eyed, white-haired, Nordic. Well, I mean, the story, I thought, was that he was from Finland. I, there's not a lot. Finland? How did he get to Finland? I, I don't know. That's something from Sweden or Finland or Norway or something? No, he's he's Greek. He's from uh, not in the Burger <laughs> Meister yeah, Meister know. Burger Santa Claus. Yeah, that is Thank not you. the Meister um, Burger Burger Meister, movie, which is where I get all of my Santa facts from that movie. There have been some people that have come up with some books where Santa... Uh-huh. Was, yeah, where Santa, you know, Santa. using some actual... Mediterranean... Yeah, he's a Mediterranean guy. Turkey, you know... Climbing through trees on a mountain Greek, with snakes and Sa- stuff. Santa, Santa looked... If he's Greek, he's not black, right? Well, who says this guy's black? Uh, the guy does. Really? <laughs> Hang on just a second, because I didn't ask my sweater. I'm not black. Pat ho 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 uh, maybe he is. Maybe he is black. Maybe he's just Greek. Put some Windex on himself and then laid out on the beach for a long time. Is it possible that he identifies as something other than what his visual color is? I mean, yes, he identifies as a possible blue-eyed, blonde-haired god. Mm. That's what he's identifying as mm. right here. Okay, so. Maybe you should read the Immortal Nicholas, Pat. And maybe I have read. Brush up on your Nicholas. But, um, you know, the Burgermeister Meister Burger story predates the Immortal yeah, I believe it does. Yeah. So it's kind of imprinted in my, in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think it probably should be. Next week, actually, on his story, next Tuesday at 5 o'clock, only on The Blaze, is the story of St. Nicholas. And it is, it's amazing. The stuff we don't know about the, the real Santa and how, <laughs> how, how, did, how did Kris Kringle... What, what is, what, how did the name Kris Kringle come about? How did the name Santa Claus come about? It's, it's amazing how this thing has just morphed over time and, um, uh, and, and grown into such a gangly thing that it, it all, when you tie it all together and you know the roots, it does all point to Christ. All of it points to Christ. But we have just lost, by calling him uh, Santa Claus, we've missed the actual name where we were butchering it. Instead of what, St. Nicholas? And, and No, um, uh, Sinterklaas. And the same with Chris Kringle. Well, we're Americans. We're not going to call him Sinterklaas. Hey, kids, Sinterklaas is coming to town. We didn't, but... What? Sinterklaas is coming to town. We're not going to do that. But but also, Chris Kringle, I'm trying to remember what the actual name is, the German uh, name for that from the Reformation. Mm -hmm. It actually, Chris Kringle, isn't even Santa. When the Reformation happened... um, 
Santa was, or not, I can't say Santa, Chris Kringle was a big, big deal in the church. And the Reformation happened. And the, um, the church all of a sudden split and said, no, you're doing this Catholic thing and you're worshiping saints. And I'm sorry, we don't accept December 6th as, you know, St. Nicholas Day. St. Nicholas is just a guy who lived, he was a very good guy, but I don't buy into these saint things. And so the problem was all throughout Europe, St. Nicholas was such a big deal, they needed to have they needed to have a replacement. And so, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was a priest, priest, I can't remember, but it means Christ child. And for a while, Christ child, they would do little things where they would dress little girls up like the baby Jesus. And the baby Jesus would go with a team of other little girls dressed up as angels, and they would hand out gifts to the needy. Mm. And so there was just a real problem with, you know, a baby hauling around a sack full of toys and everything else, and it just fell apart. And so Chris Kringle actually means Christ child. And the story behind it is phenomenal. This this war that we feel like right now, we feel is unique. I don't know, this Santa thing. It's happened like three times before, and it always gets out of control. Well, there wouldn't have been any need for Chris Kringle had Burger Meister. might want to turn on your right. There wouldn't have been any need mind. for Chris Kringle had Burgermeister uh, not taken away all the toys. <laughs> that's yeah, the, the Burgermeister, that, that, that's, none of that's that, that is... Burgermeister hated the toys and the kids. None of that is He tripped true, over right? him and he kept hurting himself. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, none oh. of that is. None of that is. None of that's, no, none of that is. None of that's true. No, none of that is true. It's strange, but none of that is is true. Wow. And huh. and the ones who actually, um, the ones who actually here's what here's what happened. The, it was a group of nuns, I think, in France, that are responsible for the gifts that we give the way we give them now, because the nuns saw what. St. Nicholas had turned into, I mean, it's exactly the same story. And they had seen that the first Christmases, you know, maybe 50 years into this, the tradition was not that you got toys, but the tradition was you as a group of kids would go knocking on doors and demand toys and it was like trick or treat. And if you didn't get a toy, if you didn't get a gift of some sort, then you were in for the trick. You were in for whatever the kids were going to do to you or your house. It, it turned into a horrible thing. Seems like a bad tradition. Really bad tradition. Yeah. And so, and and so, what happened was the merchandising became huge. Now this is the Dark Ages, and they would set up these Saint Nicholas Day like malls where you could go and buy little teeny things so the kids wouldn't vandalize your house. Wow. Okay, so that was, that's early Christmas. You think it's bad now? That's early Christmas. No wonder there was a, a Christian backlash against it. And yeah, no, horrible. And stopped celebrating it all together. Right, and so what happened that was... That kind of stuff would lead to that. Right, what happened was there were two ways to go. Chris Kringle, which was Christ child, which didn't take off, and this group of nuns in France who said, 
No, you're missing the meaning behind St. Nicholas. It wasn't that poor, the poor were coming and demanding things. It was that you would go and do something special. And he's, he's often depicted in early things holding three bags, and they were three bags of gold. And the reason with those three bags of gold is... Must have been heavy. Back, yes, back in his day, the, the real St. Nicholas... If your daughter didn't get married at a certain age, by a certain age, she was only good for prostitution. And so by a certain age, if you didn't marry your daughter off, she was sold into the slave trade and the, and the sex slave trade. And the way that would happen usually is if you didn't have a dowry. So Saint, the real St. Nicholas had money, came from money. And there was this guy in town who had three daughters. And as each of them came, this is one St. Nicholas story that we are pretty sure is absolutely true. And as the daughters would come of age, the week before their birthday, he would throw through the window a bag of gold, a little bag of gold that would be enough for a dowry so they could get married. And so they would throw the bag of gold, he'd throw the bag of gold through the window and the girl would wake up in the morning and she'd find this bag of gold and the dad would be relieved and she could get married and not be a prostitute. And this one family, he did it for all three girls. The father caught him on the last one and he said, I am only an instrument. I, am, I did not do this. You give the credit to God and the miracle to God because mm. he changed my heart and told me to do this. So... He insisted on the secret Santa part. These nuns, after it was trick-or-treat, these nuns come out, and they're like, you forgot the real story. This should be about giving presents to people who are in need. These should be bringing joy to people in need and to your family, not trick-or-treat. And these nuns are the ones who changed this whole thing around and turned it around. That caught on. And that's just the first part. I think Santa really can be defined in three sections of human existence. That's the first part of the story. You want to hear the whole story? Santa, his story, Tuesday, only on the Blaze TV at 5 o'clock. It's a great series, and you can find it at glenbeck.com and binge on it, because I think there are 12 or 18 stories now. That have been um, that have been finished that are great. So there's like the idea twelve of or there's eighteen. I don't know how many have aired yet. Okay, but you'll be able to find all of them. <laughs> um, all right, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is Goldline. Speaking of the bags of gold, um, this is this is important um, because I believe you will be pleading for someone to throw a bag of gold through your window. Federal Reserve Board meeting is today. Uh, there, I saw a countdown. Uh, we're about three hours away from the Federal Reserve meeting. If they raise interest rates, which they're expected to do, it's a very big deal. If they don't, it may even be a bigger deal. What will the Fed do? The Fed should not be able to control our lives as much as they do. And they do. I explained yesterday, go back and listen to the podcast, third hour. I explained what I think the exit strategy is. 
Um, and we will find, um, we'll begin to find out today. Janet Yellen uh, is um, widely anticipated to announce an interest rate increase for the first time. The real thing is nobody knows for sure, and nobody is talking about an exit strategy on what's really going to happen. I personally think, I've predicted for the last uh, about seven years, that they will begin to raise the interest rates, which will hurt the economy as soon as there's a Republican up for um, the presidency. So I'm expecting that she's going to raise them, but what do I know? Call Goldline now and get out of this rat race. Make sure you have something that is not tied to paper. Um, gold is the original standard. It's called the gold standard for a reason, and the world always returns to it, and it will return to it in the end this time around, too. And now is a great time to buy gold. Find out how you can buy it. If it's right for you, ask for their important risk information. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Program. Mercury. You know, I, uh, tomorrow I want to tell um, another story about uh, St. Nicholas. I want to I, I show you the meaning behind Twas the Night Before Christmas. So I've read that. I mean, all of us, we've read that a million times, right? Read that on Christmas Eve to your kids, and you've read it a million times. Words just spill out of your mouth, and you have absolutely no idea why it was written that way. It for us. No, 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 not at all. It make, actually makes it much cooler. Okay. Um, but, you know, we've always heard that is, that is the poem that really puts Santa on the map. That is the reason why Santa is the way he is. Mm-hmm. You, I never understood it until I knew what Santa was like before. First time Santa appears is 1805 in New York. In a publication, but he's nothing like the jolly old Saint Nick and the difference and why that poem was written the way it was will blow your mind. We'll do that on tomorrow's broadcast. Back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. America, welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Some more people having a summit today. Some of the people uh, from the tech sector are coming in to talk to uh, uh, Donald Trump. And, you know, it has been interesting to see the wide range of people that have come to meet with Donald Trump. And I I actually kind of like it. Um, We'll talk about that coming up in just a second. And probably one of the most uncomfortable business conversations I've ever had was yesterday and we might delve into that 
beginning right now. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck program. Hello, America. Um, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Harmonica. Happy whatever it is, Kwanzaa, that you might celebrate. And we all, I think, take Kwanzaa very, very seriously here on the Glenn Beck program. It's why Stu or Pat today is wearing his Christmas sloth um, sweater. Does that have something to do with Kwanzaa? None whatsoever, but neither does Kwanzaa. Have anything to do with anything? So well, it has something to do with Ramahana Kwanzmas, which is the real yes, it does. of the holiday. Yes, it does. We haven't played that in a long, long time. We've not. So we might want to continue that tradition. I'm not really sure. Yes, but, uh, <laughs> we unfortunately will. <laughs> we will. And, uh, yeah, yeah, continue okay. that tradition. It's a great one. Uh, <laughs> I was cut from Stu's Isisicle. I I get an email last night. <laughs> I get an email last night. I'm worried about my dog. My dog is in the dog hospital. Oh, and Ella, 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 yeah. and um, she's getting old. And would anyone accept this from your dog hospital? Because I wouldn't accept this from a people hospital. And I'm really having a hard time um, accepting this in the dog hospital. So last night we come home and I go into the room where the dogs are kept. And it looked like a murder scene. I'm not kidding you. There was a pool of blood on the floor that was probably three feet around. Wow. And it was thick. I mean, it, there was a lot of blood. It looked like somebody had been murdered in the room. And, um, and Ella, when I walked in, the whole room was really, oof, yeah, really. The dogs, both of the dogs were really shaken. And, um, I don't, you know, they're like, goes what's happening here? And the dog and, and Ella had been bleeding. No idea what was happening. Then she starts to throw up blood. And so we get her to the dog hospital. And they take an x-ray. Because I'm thinking, you know, she's eaten staples. She's, you know, well, you know broken glass. I, I mean, what is happening here? Because she's bleeding from both sides. So it's something with her digestive tract. And um, so they do an x-ray. They don't find anything. And they say, well, and tomorrow we'll do an ultrasound. And I'm like, tomorrow? We got got one handy tonight. We could probably do it tonight. (laughs) She just doesn't have anything scheduled tonight. Right. She's not. (laughs) You know what? She's here. Why don't we just do that? Right. Um, And so um, they can't find anything. And... So this morning at 5 o'clock, we check in, and they say, she's much better. We're going to keep her here for observation. And um, not really sure what it was. Quote, she could have eaten a bug. <laughs> what? Okay. What? A like bug a, would a cause bug vomiting blood? And, and out the other end, and it's not like oh. a little 
I mean, honestly, it looked like a murder scene. Are we sure he it was wasn't? hemorrhaging for a while. And, um, and I, mm. I'm like, unless she ate like a 40 pound leech, mm-hmm. you know, or, a, or a tick that was about that exploded in her. <laughs> I don't understand that. It's really gross. It's a gross story. Oh, it's a horrible story. And I don't know what to do because they can't find anything. And, you know, usually those places are, well, we found something and it's going to be $85,000 to, uh, yep. to, to do the testing. They're just saying send her home. It like, sounds like the Social Security Administration of veterinary hospitals. It does. This is wow. a really good ho- vet. They, these guys, no, it's not. That's the problem. She wow. has gone in. They've saved her. She's, her, you know, German shepherds, their stomachs can flip. Yeah. And her stomach was flipped, and they saved her life. That that's really rare to be able to do that. Um, and I mean, it's a really good hospital. Mm. I just can't. I mean, I don't feel comfortable accepting. Well, we don't know. Would you? No, not under those circumstances. It sounds really serious. Horrible. Horrible. So, so still no idea what what no idea with her. No idea. How old is she? Ten. Already? Yeah. I know. Um, wow, that's it amazing. It sure is. I know. Wow. It's really, time is, I remember my folks saying how fast time flies when you get older. It is mm. unbelievable. I can't believe we're sitting here two weeks from Christmas. And and that's true, but my kids experience that now. And I, so, I, you I don't think, think it's, it's a hastening an, of time. Yeah, I don't think it's an old phenomenon anymore. I, I don't think so. I mean, my kids are continually telling me how fast time goes. I mean, you remember when you were a kid, a summertime break seemed like a year. I know. Time between Christmas seemed like a year. It did. Yeah. You know, now, now I can't tell the difference. Honestly, I'm like, was that two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago? How long have we lived here? It's been how long? No, we it's haven't. It's been lived 48 here. years. Glenn. I mean, it's crazy. Oh, wow. huh. It's <laughs> like crazy how ago. fast things go. I know. Yeah, um, and it puts you in that mode of being very <laughs> vulnerable. You know, like you realize how fast your life is passing. I swear I had that moment last yesterday hearing, too, about Alan Thick, which, I mean, here's me a guy. Too. I couldn't believe it. Holy crap, yeah. man. I mean, oh, me he was too. 69. 69. Um, but, I mean, you know, he was still out there doing stuff. I mean, he does about 950,000 commercials every day for Optima I mean, Tax Relief. And he does uh, Christmas movies with Christmas movies? Candace Cameron Bure Just on a regular one. basis. And he was, he was literally playing hockey with his son. Yeah. Weird. So I was with, I was with uh, Byron Pitts from um, uh, Nightline. Uh, Nightline. Yeah. Can you look up how old he is? Because... As I've learned from, you know, my assistant who is black, <laughs> black don't crack. It's true. I didn't. I had never heard that before. How true it is. I mean, black people look like they're twenty years old and they're eighty. I know. <laughs> well, you had that moment with Don Lemon, I believe, on the. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I thought Don Lemon was thirty. He's he's older than I am. Byron Pitts. No, he is not. Fifty-six. Fifty-six. Yeah, he looks. Don like Lemon he's is not thirty. Dom Don Lemon is fifty-three, maybe fifty. No, he is not. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. Don Lemon, How old? born 1966, so 50. Okay, so he's 50. He looks like he's like... I'm 52. 39. I, I, yeah, he does not look... <laughs> yeah, he said something to me like, you know, we were off air, and he's like, dude, you know, uh, something like, you know, you're going whiter and whiter every time. And I'm like, uh, first of all, racist. 
<laughs> second of all, uh, you know, you'll find out that that happens. He's like, I'm your age. And I'm like, shut up. No, you're not. And he's like, I'm your age. I'm, I'm 50. Shut up. And then we went on the air. And the first thing we did when we got off the air, I'm like, look him up. He's not 50 years right. old. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Byron said to me after the Nightline thing, he said, how's your health? And I said, good. And he said, no, really, how's your health? And I said, no, it, it's, it's good. Um, he said, um, I've heard from almost everyone, you refuse to exercise. And I said, oh, yes. <laughs> and I said, do I look like someone who's fighting that tooth and nail? He said, yeah, you do. And um, I said, uh, hang on just a second. Is this whole thing, did my wife set this interview up? Are you down here <laughs> at the request of my wife mm-hmm. to get me to exercise? He said, no. He said, I actually really like you. And he said, I've seen how much your children love you. And he said, we're not spring chickens anymore. And he said, um, I'm fighting for every year I can have with my children and my grandchildren. And, you know, when I was growing up, 65 was old. <laughs> yeah. You know, my, I think my grandfather died at 66. I look at Alan Thick at 69 and I'm like, he was a spring Six. chicken. Yeah. He was only 69. I mean, you do think that's 69, pretty young. 69, that's young. Yeah, you don't it's have to. still do young. And when I was growing up, everybody kind of looked like me when they got into their 50s and 60s, and you were dead by 65, and you liked it. <laughs> um, and, you know... You don't want to like just it. Just on the verge of making a New Year's resolution that I'll regret. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Here we go. Fifth. Don't do it. Oh, what? To right, don't do it. Unless it's eat more. To lose Is weight. it eat more? Don't make the resolution. Just do it. Because the resolution's too hard to keep, and then you beat yourself up the rest of the year. Just do it. Don't resolve. Just do it. Yeah, of course, that means you'll have no repercussions, which obviously means you won't do it. No, you might do it. But I if you don't, then... I was thinking about you... actually asking my... I was thinking about asking my wife. Don't even bring your wife into it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, I... Golly. I like doing no. things with my wife. I like no. I like, oh, no my wife don't. and I are good friends, no, and I don't. like. All right, that in. whatever. That sets you up for a life of misery. Go ahead. Go ahead. Being friends with your wife. Continual nagging. You said you weren't gonna have ice cream every night anymore. Ah, shut up. This sounds uh, like you've man. been eating. You know you've been. You asked me to remind you. You weren't gonna do this anymore. Yes. I am tonight. All right. Yes. Shut yes. up. <laughs> now this sounds like a place of experience. No, I'm just I'm just, <laughs> I'm just projecting what may happen to you. Right. That's all I'm doing. And so I'm not asking my wife to do that. I'm asking my wife. Look, I hate to exercise. I hate to exercise. And I okay. So I have two options. I have the other option of Rafe and I working out because Rafe and I like to watch like. You know, we like to watch The Flash or whatever. And, um, and so... Row, row your boat while you're watching Flash with Ray? Yeah. Uh, and so we work out together. How can you enjoy a we, show when you're working out? You can't. You can't. 
Well, you got to relax. You just relax. You, I've, yeah, the only no. workout is a spoon from a cold dish of ice cream into your mouth. Yeah, you know, when you're putting on a sweater, That's when what you're putting on a sweater like this, you know, and you've, you've, uh-huh. think about this. You've gotten up. You've already taken a shower. Then you've dried off. I know. Then you've put on deodorant. You've brushed your teeth. Already you got a full day. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay? But then you keep going and you're like, okay, I'm going to put on a shirt. First, I'm going to put on an undershirt. Mm-hmm. I mean, climbing into that thing, and then the shirt, and then all the buttons, and then a sweater. Let me break out into a sweater. I get to the sweater part today, and I'm like, <sighs> that might be a problem. That <laughs> might be an Alan Thick problem. Mm-hmm. Alan was out playing hockey. I know, Alan not. Thick was healthy. Yeah, but I mean, you know, hard so to... So maybe this is what I do. Maybe I make the, maybe I make the goal of getting the genetic test to see when I'm going to die. And if it's close, nah. Right? Why fight? <laughs> Why fight? It. If I'm going to die at 65, I'm going to go out, you know, happy. But I, if I'm going to die 90, 95, God forbid 100, I want to be uh-huh. healthy. I like that. Mm-hmm. No. You're going to be amazed to hear that they can't tell you when you're going to die. Ah, they can yeah. tell me pretty close. pretty close. Why would you think that? There's no evidence to back eh. that up yet. Oh, they come pretty close. Now, you go to an yeah. honest doctor, lying doctors are all going to say, you could live to be 100, so you should get into shape. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. What's it, would, I mean, they have to be telling Jeffy you could die at any point in the last 20 years. <laughs> oh, my doc is like, <laughs> I don't know how you made it this far. I'm surprised you're alive. <laughs> Our math says every time it should have been your death. Every death. time he comes in, the doctors are like, Wow, You're you still are alive? still alive. This is incredible. That's unbelievable. Yeah. You do a really good job. I what? thought we were crappy doctors, but uh, this is working. That's if we got you. Oh, there's, no, so I got to start taking. These are like fountain of youth pills. Uh, so there's nobody who wants to join me on a... No, I'm not going to exercise, but I, I am, you know... I, I can't commit to what I'm going See, to do. Here's the point. But something must yeah, be Yeah, something has to be done. I don't So here's know the why. problem. No, there's no question. I am that. so out of something shape. Something has to be done. I am so out of shape mm-hmm. that Me too. I need an exercise program to get out of shape. I mean, I need something right. to be just uh-huh. really out of shape. Right. I am, uh-huh. for the first time in my life, you know that thing, you know, do you live a sedentary life to- right. lifestyle? I've always been there. Oh, yeah, me. No, not really. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you could practically put me in a wheelchair and just wheel me around and I'll be happy. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I just like, I mean, <laughs> it was moving from New York, which stopped the only exercise I had, which was yeah. walking. All around the city. Yeah, you know, walk around the city. You walk 12 sit- New York City blocks. Yeah. Easy. I mean, all the time. The reason that we all get up and go to work every day is the goal of eventually being able to live a sedentary lifestyle. Right. That's what we want in the end. That is what we're all shooting for. Exactly. I mean, you could say, oh, well, I want to have it by the pool or by the beach. But I mean, the bottom line is what we all want is to just sit down more. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that's I just what you've worked your whole life for. And he's like, hey, I want to, you know, I want to I, I wanna go golfing. No, you don't. No, I'm oh, supposed you you want to ride in a golf cart. Ice cream. You want to get, get the sport that you sit in a cart. And right. And you go from hole to hole and you get up for one second. You hit, you the hit a ball and then drink. you have a drink. Right. That's, yeah, that's, that's a sedentary lifestyle. Now this, <laughs> holiday season. Is somebody special uh, in your life? Listen up. It's a gift you can't screw up. Pajamagram. Does anybody else have the pajamas? Look at the family in the pajamas. 
Even the dog has the pajamas. Oh, and that adorable. Well, anybody so have? It's good. Anybody have the tradition with the pajamas on Christmas Eve? You get everybody gets pajamas. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We we yep. used to do that uh, every Christmas Eve when I, as yeah. a kid. My mom was yeah. starting that back up with the kids. Yeah, this was my tradition, and then my kids moved in with their mom when we split, and now it's the Christmas tradition that that they got from mom and. <laughs> anyway, I'm not bitter, but um, pajama cram. Um, the uh, the world's softest pajamas available exclusively at Pajamagram. Pajamagram has them for somebody special in your life, your wife, your husband, the whole family. Pajamagram, visit them today. Give that gift, start that tradition. You don't even have to wrap them because Pajamagram includes free gift packaging. Christmas delivery is guaranteed. Pajamagram.com, 1-800-GIVE-PJs. Tell them Glenn Beck sent you, 1-800-GIVE-PJs. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. So, I, you know, my problem is, is I'm on this special diet. I've given up on that because pain is pain in the diet, you know, whatever. It wasn't helping. It, 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 really? It, was it, it wasn't. It really no, wasn't. No, I mean, helping. I think it does. I think it does to some extent, but it... didn't seem like it. Yeah. If I, I were you, I'd have quit a long time before you did, so... Yeah. And so now I, I eat probably 90% of my meals are on the diet and really good. Um, you know, on the weekend, you know, we'll go out to eat or whatever and I'll cheat. And then I also, you know, at this time of year have to have cookies and candy. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. But I I can't lose, I can't lose any weight, even if I'm, I mean, I did Atkins for two weeks, you know, uh, up with my diet. So it was even more strict than Atkins. Two weeks, hardcore. I think I lost two pounds. No, I think I gained two pounds. And it's like, you got to be kidding me. Your metabolism's probably changed since that was working for you. Yeah, you should try the Penn Jillette diet. Sucks. That's, uh, what is, what was like his fun. diet? He's, it's pretty amazing, actually. He lost over 100 pounds. He lost a pound a day. In, uh, he lost, I think it was 90-something pounds in 100 days or something. It was right around a pound a day. Um, and he did it, the first two weeks of the diet uh, was he ate nothing but potatoes. Literally, the only thing he ate were potatoes. Yeah. Now, there's several kinds of potatoes he ate, but no butter on them, no salt on them, oh. no anything on them. I would salt. For two weeks. I mean, I guess you would hold water. water. I think also the the, the, the trick is you, he was gravy? essentially Did you put gravy on him? boring his taste buds to death. Is right. the way it was described in the book, um, right. at least what I took out of it. Like it, it made it so after a while, he really enjoyed the the tastes that would come from foods that you normally would think oh this tastes like crap like a you know like a tomato to him it was like this explosion of taste because all he had had freaking potatoes for two weeks and it changed the whole way he ate wow. it was only two weeks and he lost i mean i want to say he lost over 20 pounds in the first two weeks that's a long time to just eat potatoes though 
It is, but I, again, not is it, really. Isn't if you it? don't it's change really. anything, you know, everyone's like, oh, I just want to eat everything and not exercise and just change. I have no, be in perfect shape. That's not the way it works. Give me a pill. The Glenn Beck Program. Today, the stock market could break 20,000, depending on what the Fed decides to do, as that decision is looming. If they raise the interest rate, raise a quarter point, it's not going to hit 20,000. It won't hit 20,000. No. Um, It'll go down considerably. Yeah, I mean, it's all, look, it's all because of the interest rates. They have to raise it. The stock market is only going up, not because things are good, but because of cheap money. That's it. Yeah. They have to raise it a little, though, right? They don't have to. They don't have to do anything. I mean, they're going to hurt things if they do. But If they raise they... interest rates, if they raise interest rates and send a signal to the markets and the world that the United States is going to start tightening its money, um, it's not going to be good. Uh-uh. And the dollar, you know, everybody always looks at the dollar and says, oh, well, the dollar is going up, so that's good. No, not if you want to find a job. No, that's not good. Increasing the strength of the dollar is not the best thing to do short term. Um, and raising interest rates, not the best thing to do short term. Um, but, you know, of course, we won't get any of that. Uh, and in fact, they won't say anything about this um, at, at all until Donald Trump becomes the president. And then as things begin to even stay the same you're going to start hearing the truth about the economy after Donald Trump has it. And it's not going to be good. And, uh, and then all of a sudden it'll be the Republicans' fault. and huh? It'll yada, be yada, blamed yada. on Trump when it will yep. have all been set up by Obama. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, you know, we've been talking here um, just in the last few minutes about Alan Thicke passing away. And he was 69. And that just doesn't seem old anymore. <laughs> Is it because we're getting close? Yes. That's why. Is 69 seem old to you guys? No, seriously. No? Does it? One says yes, one yeah. is lying to us. Um, <laughs> so maybe it's just that we're getting closer to that. But I think that, of course, is part of it. But, I mean, 69, I mean, the, the, the expect, life expectancy has gone up so much. Um, and, uh, you know, people really now assume. When I was 25, though, 69 was really old. Yes, you know 69 that. was. It was really old. Was, yeah, 69. Really old. I mean, these are in the days, Pat and I grew up in the days with exploratory surgery. Mm-hmm. So at 69, you get something. They don't know. We have no CAT scans. We have no ultrasounds. They just open you up. And a lot of times they were like, yeah, sew him up. He's dead. So, you know, it was a different world. By 69, you were riddled with so many things that were growing in you. You know, I think back then, exploratory surgery, they called them cat scans because you might have actually found a cat in somebody mm-hmm. at that point. That is what exploratory surgery. That. Yeah. So anyway, so how much has our diet changed since 1970? What are we eating more and what are we eating less of? 
And probably a little bit more ice cream. Well, we're eating less gluten, I hope, because gluten is going to be the death of us. More kale. We kale was. We probably are eating a hell of a lot more kale. Kale. So, I mean, ick. Okay, so so here, here's here, this is actually quite amazing because you're you're hearing that kind of stuff. The average American consumes two thousand four hundred and eighty-one calories a day. Twenty-four eighty-one. Twenty-four eighty-one. Well, what, the, the and that for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I, why knock that in the dirt? Come on. <laughs> I, get, I have that before I get out of bed. Well, that's the shake I'm having for Right. Um, that's 23% more than 1970. That's, I mean, the percentage is amazing. And it's about, wow. it was about what, 2000 in 1970? Um, from 2000 yeah. to 2500, basically, mm. uh, in, in less than 50 years. That's, that's a big increase for a society. I mean... <laughs> That's a lot. Average woman uh, needs at, at forty needs eighteen hundred calories a day. Uh, the average man who's moderately active that doesn't it's what four thousand four thousand twenty four hundred calories. Oh, I see. Um, but it, what's amazing is that's twenty three percent more than in nineteen seventy. But remember mm. what our grandparents used to look like. I see grandparents now. They didn't look like that when I was growing up. What does that mean? Grandmas looked like grandmas. Grandpas oh, yeah, looked yeah. like me. They, they did not look like, you know, you see people now and, you know. My grandparents looked like uh, skeletons back in the day. Because, they, in fact, they were. They'd my grandparents. For some time by 1970. My, grand, my grandmother was the kind of woman that it was some sort of engineering feat to keep her breasts up i didn't ask i don't want to know but she was a she was a large woman and you remember (laughs) you remember those large those large women and 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 they were they were big boned so you're you're saying my grandfather fat back then yeah my grand my grandparents got fat i mean look at the way remember all the men who used to wear their pants over their bellies oh my gosh you see bellies like that now and it's i mean you don't see them as much every guy looked like that back then it seemed didn't it every grandmother looked like a big fat comfortable huggable grandma although i would say that stats would tell you we're probably more so now. I, I think there's probably more fat people now than there were in 1970. Well, if you're eating 500 statistically, extra calories, right. yeah, yeah, we have to. Yeah. Nearly half of the calories come from two food groups. Dairy and meat. Ready? Yeah. Flours and grains yeah. and fats and oil. That's up almost 40%. So the gluten thing, uh, apparently not kicking not in. Not kicking in. Nationwide. And neither is the no-fat thing. Meats, dairies, and sweeteners provide smaller shares of our daily caloric intake as they did four decades ago, mm. and so do fruits and vegetables. So here's, where we've, here's how we've changed. Um, we're eating less. This is in pounds. We have gone from almost 60 pounds to 48 pounds of potatoes a year. We have gone from 60 pounds of beef to 39 pounds of beef. Wow. Big cut. That's yeah. a, I mean, that's that a lot. That is a big cut. We have gone from um, 60 pounds of ref- refined cane and beet sugar to 40 pounds of sugar. That's hard to believe. 
It's hard to believe that. And, we- and that's only that's probably only because we've replaced sugar with. I will show you what we've increased on. Corn I will show you what we've increased on. But imagine, imagine sitting down to a table of forty pounds of sugar. You would think to yourself, "There's no way I'm going to eat forty pounds of sugar, even in a year. I'm not going to." Uh, maybe eat. You. Oh, we've all done it in yeah. a sitting. Uh, oh yeah, please. It. Okay, um, eggs. Uh, down about uh, four pounds. That's Milk weird. because eggs seem to be back now, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they were big, and then they were the worst thing you could eat for because of cholesterol, and then they're healthy again. It's so the incredible edible egg. Man. Yeah. Milk down ten pounds. Full fat ice cream. I am glad to say down two pounds. Hard to believe. Um, for me. those margarine. Margarine down eight pounds. Yeah, nobody has margarine anymore. Right? Why would you use margarine? Why would you? Why would you? It's I don't know. terrible for you. It's so much worse for you than the natural butter. I mean, it's it, I it's not. You, I couldn't tell you someone that I've seen it, use margarine. It's not even low fat, really. It's it's yeah. worse for you on a caloric level than butter is. Is that true? I, I've never. I, I think it is. I, I just know I mean, it's, it's not good certainly not healthy. That's no, for sure. Healthy. Oh, I'm all in on the spray butter. I don't even get to screw around with that stuff. <laughs> I'm all in the spray, spray butter. butter. Oh, yeah, the spray sh- butter. Sh- is it really? Is it actual butter? I, can't believe I have right. no idea, nor do I care. I can't believe um, it's not, I believe. I, I will true. say. It could be all chemicals, stewed in mind. I don't care at all. It tastes like butter, and it's zero calories. Uh, so uh, mm. that's, that's where I am. Did you hear about that 119-year-old woman in Italy who just had her birthday? Yes. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. And her diet was like. Eggs. Eggs, raw eggs. Yeah. Some and of them wine, and yeah. uh, she just gave up beef. It did not sound. And she only gave up beef because she, she lost her teeth lost like her teeth. 30 years ago. And she yeah. kicked her husband out like 50 or 60 years ago. Well, I he think was, he died. Mm-hmm. No? She kicked him out. Just, no, mm. she, I, no, here's the story. Oh, man. Um, she lost her husband, or whatever happened to her husband happened in like the late 1930s. Yeah, a long time ago. Yes. And she said, I'm. I don't want to be. Uh, uh, I don't want to belong to anybody except yeah, she, my family. She kicked him out in the 30s. It was yeah, yeah. Like 38, yeah. 39 when she was. Is that amazing. Yeah, and she's been alone ever since, or at least well without a man. So anyway, here's what we eat more of: chicken has gone from 21 pounds to 49 pounds. Wow. That's a huge increase. Uh, cooking oils. The Chick-fil-A have, campaign is working with the cows. Yeah. It's working. Chick, I mean Chick-fil-A. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, cooking oils have gone from 10 pounds of cooking oils to 45 pounds of cooking. Wow. Um, corn sweeteners have gone from uh, 9 pounds to 36 Look at that. that that's is a terrible development. That sure is. Horrible. It's a terrible development. Horrible. It's not good for you, but that stuff's even worse. It's yeah. like the butter margarine thing. It's ridiculous. So we've I, I like cheaper. artificial sweepers that are cheaper. zero calories, uh, and, uh, and there are nothing but chemicals, and I love them for that. Oh, I don't like that. Thank don't God they exist. My father was right. My, my grandfather was right about farming and the environment. You keep all these eggheads out, and you get hunters and farmers to take care of the environment. They know it. They live it. They work it with their hands. They're the best environmentalists. And mm-hmm. people who are too weird for California are moving up to Seattle, and they're going to wrap them out. He was right about that. Get my, grand, my father was right. He was a baker. And he said, all this margarine crap, all that stuff is garbage. Use real milk, whole milk, 
Um, heavy cream, butter. real butter. Yes. You use the real stuff. When yes, you want to indulge in an unbelievable German chocolate cake, then hell yeah. No, but he was saying for health-wise, too. He said this margarine mm. stuff is garbage. He said you just use the real stuff. Well, and we know that now stuff. with the saturated fats and all yeah. that. Um, cheese. We have gone up on corn products. We have gone up uh, 12 pounds. Cheese, we have gone up 12 pounds. Rice has gone up 7 pounds. And I am happy to say yogurt has gone up from point, uh, 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 no, I'm sorry, yeah, point five pounds to one pound. <laughs> Why are you we happy? We doubled our intake of yogurt. You- doubled our intake and it is still that low. So you're pro-yogurt? No, no you're pro-gurt? Pro, oh, well, I want to appear pro-yogurt. I am very happy that it is doubled. <laughs> and yet I am very happy that it is still only one pound. <laughs> That's a, I, I mean, the societal change, and by the way, uh, the success of a, an economy to pr- be able to produce an extra 23% of calories for its citizens is something... It's the only country by. that has... Have, we are the only ones that are like... It has that problem. That has this problem that, that will we'll actually say, I want the fat pill. Mm-hmm. How long do I have to wait before there's a pill that I can take that will drop all the fat? I mean, it would be amazing, and I do want that to happen. Right, but think of that society. Uh, and that, I, that, that is a society amazing. that is blessed. Um, this is amazing. We kind of talked about this briefly uh, the other day, but 70% of people, when asked, will uh, say that hunger has gotten worse since the 1970s. But here's the truth. From 1970 until today, the percentage of the world's population living in starvation levels on a dollar a day or less, uh, adjusted for inflation, has declined by 80%. Wow. There's, this is from Albert uh, Arthur Brooks. 80%. 80%. And yet, if you listen to the campaigns on, like, the Food Network, nine out of one children are hungry. <laughs> what? Nine out of one? Nine out of one. No. I saw... What? <laughs> I saw the best stat yesterday. I was in a math classroom, and I didn't know this stat. Eight out of every three children mm-hmm. have a problem with math. Wow. Wow, that's yeah, incredibly that's... horrible. <laughs> uh, let me give you a little bit more of this because it's so amazing. There's been an 80% decline in the world's worst poverty since I was a kid, and I didn't even know about it. That's a miracle. That's something we ought to celebrate. So when I learned this, I asked, what did that? What made it possible? Because if you don't know why, you can't do it again. If you want to replicate it and get the next 2 billion people out of poverty, because that's what we're talking about, since I was a kid, and, you know, Albert Arthur Brooks is not old. Um, since I was a kid, 2 billion of the least of these, our brothers and sisters, have been pulled out of poverty. I want the next 2 billion, so I've got to know why. Um, and uh, let's see, here, here they go. Here are the five reasons that I discovered. Uh, number one, globalization, which he calls, and he works into number two, which is free trade. He explains these in, in depth. Number three, property rights. Number four, rule of law. Number five, entrepreneurship. Oh, that, that's a secret. Mm-hmm. That's a secret that nobody in Washington seems to get, and certainly nobody in the media. That's pretty amazing, and he explains them. It's, it's so yeah. worthwhile, because it, it, it shows that the principles we've talked about lead to things that actually help people. Now this. We're talking about food, um, but there, there is a problem with food when you are trying to make your budget uh, stretch as far as you possibly can. Uh, maybe you've lost a job. Um, maybe just tough times come, uh, but it happens to all of us. 
For $99 now, you get four weeks of emergency food. Now, this is really good food. This isn't the kind of food that it used to be, really bad, like MREs. When we first started, we actually bought some MREs. Oh, my gosh, I'd never eat those things unless I had to. This is really good food. If you are having a hard time making your budget stretch to the end of the month, that's when you can dip into this. It's an emergency food supply. It doesn't have to be for natural disasters or catastrophic failure. Call uh, 1-800-200-7163. A month's worth of food, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, the drinks, everything, for $99. It's over half price. Go to preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Right. We have a great show for you tomorrow um, as we get ready to go on our Christmas uh, break. And um, I am going to be, or as Bright Left Bart likes to call it, a suspension. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, we go on our Christmas break here in just a, in a few. Um, uh, I'm special going, on Friday, by the way. Yeah, uh, big special Christmas. on Friday for the uh, progressives. If you, you want to learn about progressivism... Friday is the show that you will um, you'll learn a lot. You'll learn more than you ever learned in school on Friday's show. Tomorrow, we're getting ready for Christmas. We have lots of things to talk about. Tomorrow is also the opening of the Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I cannot wait to see. And this weekend, Pat and I uh, are on our way to Haiti to bring Christmas to the children in Haiti. And we'll cover that online. See you back here tomorrow. This is... The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.